0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. Uh, on this channel, we have podcasts, interviews and content on a whole variety of subjects, including mental health, football, wrestling, films, TV, music, conspiracy theories, and more. Uh, Please subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you hit the bell. uh, They'll notify you every time we upload. Uh, You can keep up to date on uh, upcoming guests and shows on Twitter, which is at AceCast underscore Nation. And you can suggest subjects for shows on our Facebook page. Just type in Ace Podcast Nation to the search bar. Uh, Today's guest is returning for his second show to discuss some pro wrestling. So I'm happy to welcome back Welsh Wrestling's Cade Callis. Welcome.
1: Hey, sorry. Thanks for having me on.
0: No worries, buddy. Good to have you back and glad that we uh, we haven't got the same issues we had last time, luckily. So we switched from Hangouts to Skype, which seems to have cured all my issues, which I was having with hangouts with some people, which is cool.
1: A bit stable, yeah.
0: That's it, isn't it. So you were when we spoke last time you said uh, you were you were sort of on the comeback from an injury. What was the um, what was the injury that you had? I think it was a shoulder, wasn't
1: it? So um, I had a surgery on my knee. Um, I had a, some of my meniscus removed, which was basically locking up my knee. Uh, it's an injury I had for about ten years. Um, but yeah, all fixed now, fully mobile knee. Um, I guess in the, uh, the the old school mentality of pro wrestling, I just strapped it up and carried on um i did that for about 10 years until i thought oh actually there's medical science that can help me here. Yeah? <laughs> um, so yeah so now i'm knee's feeling great uh and then as i was training to kind of come back getting geared up for my first match back i pulled my back um because obviously i've been sat on the couch for about six weeks eight weeks waiting for my knee to get better and the rest of my body turned a bit to jelly <laughs> So, 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 the squat rack can be a cruel mistress, uh, but no, back's feeling good, knee's feeling good, feeling strong, and uh, I had my first couple of matches back on the weekend, which was awesome.
0: yeah, so I was gonna say you returned this past weekend. I'm assuming it was good to get back into it. what uh, how did you like how was your what was your return? Did you just do a do a match or a couple of matches
1: or yeah. uh, on. so. Basically, um, I was meant to have my first match back at Barry Memorial Hall, which is a a venue that Welsh wrestling run fairly regularly. Um, But then they also had a show at Trekker Bay, one of the holiday camps in Pethcour. So, um, just asked me if I fancied doing that. And I was like, yeah, wicked. Get some of the ring rust off me that morning. Um, I mean, the plan initially was to get back to training Probably head down to Dragon Pro and, you know, dust off some of that ring rust. But um, where I'd hurt my back, I kind of thought, well, if, if I do training and I hurt my back more, then that's going to push back my return. So if I just go in and see what happens, uh, mm-hmm. that seemed like a better option. Um, but yeah, so I did the match at Treco Bay, wrestled Red Nova, one of the Welsh wrestling guys. Felt really good. Uh, maybe my timing was a little bit off, and maybe Red Nova got kicked pretty hard in the face. Maybe. I mean, um, but so, so um, no, it went really well. Uh, I put a couple of clips, well, a clip on my Facebook page and my Twitter page at uh, Cade Callas, Cade Callas, British Pro Wrestler. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll put clips above that. I'll put some clips from my entrance at Barry. While I was wrestling, it felt great. Uh, I got home on Saturday night, and it's how I imagined somebody would feel after a car crash. My entire Mm -hmm. body ached. Um, Because I guess the thing is, when you're wrestling regularly and you've got that constant low-level ache, you don't realize, you just carry on. Um, But when you've had eight months relatively (laughs) pain-free, and then you come back and have two shows, which was four matches, and you your soul hurts, like your soul, yeah. your very Everything soul hurts. Just hurts. Yes. That's it. Uh, and it was the same Sunday as well. I ached a little bit. Um, but no, reflecting back, it went really well. The the whole weekend, the whole kind of comeback thing went really well. And to be fair, I'm I feel properly properly fired up to uh to do something with wrestling and it's the first time I felt this way in a long time, so last time I felt really, really honestly fired up to do it, it was about 2010, 2011, which was when I had my WWE trials and I had some good feedback and stuff like that, so yeah, maybe maybe we'll try that again, <laughs> we'll yeah. see, we'll That's,
0: see. I think um, like one thing that we noticed when we kept, when I brought the kids to watch is that the Cade Callis character stands out as Something completely different from perhaps some of you know, pretty much all the other characters. Like, you've got like uh, a mask, the masked wrestler, uh, Majiko, which my you know, my youngest son loves. Um, <clears throat> and you've got like some traditional sort of looking pro wrestlers then as well. But I, the Cade Callus is completely different to everything you see. Um, which is like that's the sort of character which appeals to me. Um, I think. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. yeah, uh, so it came about this week that you also slipped your way into a WWE game via uh, a creator wrestler, which I thought was awesome. I saw you uh, like you. I saw you comment to someone on Facebook, and uh, my kids downloaded it straight away. But there was a couple of Welsh wrestling guys, which this guy had made. And to be fair, he uh, he made you quite well.
1: Yeah, well chuffed with it. Um... I haven't, haven't downloaded the player. I haven't had a go with him. But uh, looking at the pictures, amazing! Like uh, he shared a video a little while ago with sort of my old trunks and stuff like that, and my makeup. And it, I thought it looked really good. It, it looks like he spent an awful long time. Um, when when I was younger, I used to spend an awful long time trying to make a character that looked like me, and they were always crap. Always, never uh, looked like I- me. <laughs>
0: I used to say I used to try and make like sort of my favorite wrestlers who who were not in the games, but I could never. Just they always look terrible, so I just ended up making like a just a random guy. But like you see some of them, I see them on YouTube and social media a lot, and there are some of them are just amazing. They look better than the the actual characters in the game who've been scanned and stuff. So like these Absolutely. guys, just they must spend so much time perfecting it. I mean, obviously. 2K or whatever have made it so easy to do in terms of people just make them and then they can share them instantly. Mm. So a lot of people like yourself get to be get to be in the game. They just don't get paid for it.
1: <laughs> wow, but well, I guess it's probably worth giving a shout out to Pro Wrestling Dad. I think he's yeah, on Twitter. He's the guy that made it. He makes a lot of different characters from British wrestling, and he does a fantastic job. So if you're into your wrestling games, check it out. See where it's on is, community creations. I think it is.
0: Yeah, he's got a he's got a YouTube channel as well. Um, I think it's pro wrestling, Dad. Um, but I'll look that up and I'll put it in the description of the video. But I mean, yeah, he's made um, a lot of his characters and stuff. They seem to be like British wrestlers, which is good to see because obviously, you know, you've got like all the, uh, you know, everyone makes all like the young bucks and Kenny Omega and all the sort of. The big American names and the Japanese names and stuff, but they don't always. The British wrestlers is good to see them getting a bit of love, and like I say, he's done a really good job. He even updated your attire to get your new attire, which you had obviously only this weekend. Yeah. So the, the really day impressive.
1: after, I I, I, I know, really singlet, and the very day after, brand new K on There, what you know, what dedication. That <laughs> is I isn't it? Do.
0: I like him man. Um So. Before we just move on to wWE and I like um well, the Welsh wrestling is that on s four c now? I know there was
1: talk before so i I know that uh s four c filmed some stuff and they shared it on their online platforms um, to be honest i'm I'm not up to date with what's going on with that or whether it's going to carry on being. An online thing, or whether it's going to be on their television show or something like that. I know it was something they were interested in. Um, whether it comes to anything, uh, I guess yeah, time would
0: be, will... be really good if they could get you know, Welsh wrestling on TV, because I think it's the sort of thing where once you get some eyes on it, it'll bring people in, especially families and kids. Um, yeah. So it'll be good, yeah. S four C and stuff.
1: I think Welsh yeah. would be perfect on a Saturday morning, you know? It's a cartoon oh, show, basically. You know, character yeah. and fighting. It's the turtles with trunks, you know? It's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I mean, I, I remember watching, like, God, like WWE superstars and shotgun on a Saturday morning as like a kid and a teenager and stuff. And it's just like easy watching, isn't it? On a Saturday morning, no school and stuff for kids the perfect TV show. So it'd be good if that uh, that pans out. Um so obviously I've seen a couple of videos where I saw you uh working so saw you do a match with Mason Ryan, obviously, who uh, had a little stint in the WWE. Um yeah. and I think you mentioned you would then uh I think it was did you say you were a special referee for Pete Dunn or something like that?
1: I was uh, gonna no. say who's the like the go on. So- Pete Pete Dunne refereed one of my matches. During ah, I that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, another little claim to fame, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Any more? Uh,
0: any more like famous or well-known
1: sort of people you've worked with? Yeah. So most a lot of the guys on WWE UK. So Dave, Mass, Dave Mastiff, I did the holiday camps with him. So sort of for six weeks, we lived in each other's pockets. Uh, T Bone, Ashton Smith. Uh, Wild Boar, obviously, um, the Lightning Kit. Mark Andrews, uh, Flash Morgan, Webster, a, a lot of the like guys. Ed, Eddie Dennis, yeah, Eddie Dennis as well. Yeah. A lot of matches he with him. Um, it, I, think, um, I think he's from like deeper, darker Wales, if I'm completely honest, sort of Amundford <laughs> way. Um, but I suppose if you're Billing someone from somewhere, you pick a big city, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. But I mean, well, I think... like uh, Flash Morgan, Flash Morgan Webster, I like his gimmick, I like just like the mod, that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. is. But yeah, it'd be good to see uh, the Cade Callis on the old NXT UK. I, I think I'd be a good fit. So you've got to yeah. uh, you've got to get yourself motivated and working. You got they do the um, like the UK trials fairly re- regularly, don't they, like a couple of times a year. Um, yeah. I suppose it's just getting your name out there and, and getting in there.
1: Yeah, to be honest, so, I think it might have even changed a little bit now because I know they've got that UK performance centre, haven't they? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure the mechanism by which people get signed anymore even. Um, but what I figure is I work hard, I wrestle lots, and... Maybe there's a, a bit of a buzz about my name. Who knows? Strike. Yeah. A- I think,
0: like, even we with with you, like you. Um, I noticed when I uploaded the the first video we did, straight away there was loads of people coming to watch it and commenting on it or or sharing it. So like you've obviously got like that base following, and then it's just trying to expand that into like like you say, getting your name. Sort of people talking and bigger, bigger, like growing the growing that base even
1: bigger. Yeah. I think to be honest, right when when people see me do what I do, um, I'll, I'm I'm at least fairly memorable. You know, I'm I'm pretty entertaining. I put on a solid match, and you know, people remember, ah, oh, that big Cade, big Cade. He was uh, he was something a bit different. You know, um, so I, I like to think I struck a chord with people and. I guess it's just about getting more eyes on me, uh, more eyes on what I do, and going from there, really. But we'll we'll see what happens. Sounds like a plan. Uh,
0: So, did you you watch, uh, like, NXT and uh, WrestleMania?
1: Um, I haven't watched TakeOver yet. NXT is the one TV show on the network that I tend to watch regularly, but recently it's just been really busy so with training and life i just haven't had a chance to watch much wrestling but uh wrestlemania made a conscious effort to watch and it was like right i'm putting that timer aside and i'm watching it and you know what i really enjoyed it so considering i'm not up to date with all the stories and stuff i thought the video packages were cool
0: So you went then um yeah i thought wrestlemania was actually it was really good this year um it's long it's like seven hours it's a long old time to just sort of sit there and watch it um so like my kids wanted to get up and watch it and stay up and then go to school the next day i was like i will just watch it on monday and i think i watched it Monday morning, most of it. But I broke. I think I watched it in like three sittings, just because it was so long. Um, yeah. But I it was the best one for a few years, definitely. I think um, I would recommend watching Takeover because that was just top notch. Yeah. So good. Um, just from start to finish, it was just an unbelievable show. And um, with did obviously with the <laughs> NXT
1: what was that, shows, so? like, what's that? All all the takeovers. Are really, yeah. really, you know, the, these guys trying to make the jump up to to the main roster, they're putting it all out, and it's just fantastic to watch. You know, it really is. It really is a spectacle. NXT, I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and it's like uh, they do like sort of two and a half hour takeovers, so you never, it's never sort of too long. You always want more, and like you say, it, they're because they're all out, to, and because the majority of the takeovers are. Before, like the Saturday or the Friday before the big shows, they want to set their stall out before the big show on the main roster, So you know get people looking at them, saying, "Look, oh, so and so's good," and like Adam Cole uh, versus Johnny Gargano in the main event is just sensational. Oh, I both think
1: really talented,
0: so good. Adam Cole's promos are just they're just unbelievable, and I think if He was a little bit bigger, he'd be you know, he'd be on the main roster last year because he's yeah. you know, he's got everything you need, and he's got the thing is, times have changed as well. Like these days, like I know, like you're pretty big, but I mean, a lot of the guys now they're not like they were when we were growing up, where they were like six foot four and monsters, huge guys, you know, there's uh, and where there is still big guys, but there's an array of. Different guys, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the main, like, look at Daniel Bryan, he's not a big guy, like, you know, he's not, um, he's not, you know, he's in great shape, he's not like huge and muscular, but he's just the way they tell the story, you get people in. Like you're saying, is if you come away from shows and you're invested in the match and the storyline, that's half the battle. Um, well let's
1: face it, man. Those those smaller guys have changed the business. I mean, think. The smallest guy that got to the top before was Shawn Michaels. And he's not a particularly small guy, like 5'11", just short of six foot, maybe. Um, and, and he's a big dude as well. Like back in '96, you're looking what 230, 240, you know. Yeah. You know, big dude. Um, whereas now these guys. That are in and around the top, maybe five and nine, pounds, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe 180. And, you know, it's it's amazing how far it's come because those sort of guys 10, 20 years ago, they wouldn't have got a, a spot, you know, being beat up by somebody. They wouldn't have got a spot in a squash match. Whereas yeah. now, these guys, They're allowed to show their talent what they're good at and more power to them, you know? They've they've made their niche, and it's there. It's there.
0: Definitely. And I think what they've done as well, these smaller guys being pushed to the top has made the bigger guys have to change it up, and they can't just be, like, your big, sort of lumbering guy who throws people around. They need to do something different. And, um, like, one of my favourite guys in NXT who I think will probably get a push this year is Keith Lee because he's huge. But he just does stuff that, you know, like, I don't know, like a smaller guy would be expected to do. Um, and I think that just, it makes everybody up their game because suddenly the big guys have got to change what they do. And it just makes it makes for everything to be more interesting from a story point of view and a match point of view if you just don't know what these guys are going
1: to do. Yeah, see, I, I agree with that to an extent, right? But for me, I think the big guys should be doing the big guy act. The smaller guys should be doing the smaller guy act. And I think every now and then, one of them pulling out something a bit special is really cool. Like, for instance, Kane doing Hurricane Rana. You know, yeah. he's big, lumbering, giant, right? Everything he does, he's slow and deliberate and powerful. And then, boom! Hurricane Rana, everyone goes wild, right? Because it's special. Same way with the smaller guys, you know, they're quick, they're, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. then one of them does an incredible display of power um, a, a, a guerrilla press, a military press, something like that. Bang, you know, whoa, that's so cool. But I think when it's standard, when yeah. your six foot six guys are all doing Hurricane Ranas and all your cruiser weights, are doing power bombs and gorilla press slams, it takes away from both, and it means all the acts are the same. Yeah, like I consider yeah. uh, pro wrestling to be a little bit like the circus. So you know, if you don't like the clowns, maybe you'll like the trapeze. If you don't like the trapeze, maybe you'll like the stunt bike riders, that kind of thing. Whereas, maybe right now Everyone. you've got stunt bike, yeah, right now you've got stunt bike riders with red noses on. That are also jumping on the trapeze midway through, you know, and and then you take away the same. Yeah, you got three hours of the same. Um, But no, I I think all the wrestlers should be able to go and put on a a good show. But I think what go means for one wrestler doesn't mean they're not putting hundred and ten percent in. It just means they're a different act.
0: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, and you want people to be different. If everyone's the same, it makes for a very long, you know, two hours, three hours, whatever the show is. Um, like one of my, one of the guys I really like is uh, I got his t-shirt actually. is Matt Riddle, and I like him because he's different. He's different to everyone else. He's got a different look. He doesn't wear boots, pants. He's and because you know, like he left the UFC on a five feet five, five fight. Win streak, so like he's a legit fighter. Um, and I just like the way he he moves differently around the ring, he pulls off different moves, but equally, you know, it's not an act either. He could do some of the stuff that he's doing legitimately. Um, and what was in what I find well, what I found interesting is over WrestleMania's so or week where they do all the interviews. um, he's been saying it for a while but he sort of garnered a bit of tension is that he said he wants to retire Brock Lesnar next year at WrestleMania. And I thought about it and I thought, do you know what? Brock's coming to the end of his career. If they built it up starting now with these sort of interviews and off-the-cuff comments and I think Paul Heyman commented you could build up this story if he debuts later in the year on the main roster. It could be like a year-long story and they could lose one sort of legit UFC fighter, and instantly make a star out of another one. What do you think of Matt Riddle and my idea?
1: Book it, book it now. Um, but no, I I really like those kind of slow burn storylines that aren't really storylines to begin with. They're just a seed in people's minds. So people like you saying. Wouldn't it be good if and then you know yeah. there's the, the odd little uh press release or a little comment at uh at some kind of media thing where he's like oh yeah I'd quite I'd quite like to wrestle Brock Lesnar, bro. You know, that's mm-hmm. there and you yeah know, somebody asks Brock Lesnar and he's like, Oh, Matt Riddle's not in my league and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? And then event before you know it, after six months, you've got loads of media of these guys just just talking and being around each other without ever actually looking at each other. So you've got a buzz without really working for it.
0: Oh, you know? yeah, and I think with those two as well, is they get the uh, like the ESPNs and the, the Fox Sports and things talking because obviously they've had that UFC, uh, UFC exposure, and if they start going back at each other, just like you say, just in media and, and press conferences and stuff, promoting shows, they'll pick that up. You know it's not going to be on their daily news show, but they will pick it up on their websites and their social media to ex UFC fighters exchanging insults or whatever. And then, so what, like
1: what I said, white was Roydell. What's that? Uh, what weight class
0: uh, 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 I don't know. I can't. I think I want to say welterweight, but I might. No, not welterweight, I might be light, lightweight. I'm not 100% sure. He's, he's not a, you know, he's not, a, not Brock Lesnar's weight class, is he? Oh, no, no, no. But I mean, you know, not many people are, let's be fair. I no, mean, no, no. Brock's like, a beast. Like a UFC heavyweight, I think he's like 210 pounds. But I mean, you know, WWE cruiserweights are 205 pounds. So I mean, yeah. Brock Lesnar's huge for yeah, any by like any standard. Yeah. Yeah. He's a massive guy. But I mean, you know, Matt Riddle's not small by any means. You know, he's quite a big, he's quite tall. He's quite a big guy. And I think, you know, he's wrestling there. You can sell it any way you want. And I mean, when you've got like submissions and, uh, you know, jiu-jitsu and all this type of jazz, which they're both trained in to a certain extent, Matt Riddle's obviously a bit more trained in like the jiu-jitsu side and Brock's more of a wrestler, like an amateur wrestler. But I mean, you know what a story it could be. And then when you, like you say, if you've built that up over a period of time between WrestleMania and sort of the end of this summer, and then all of a sudden when Brock makes his big return, let's say SummerSlam or something, and then he has a match. If Matt Riddle turns up and costs him the match, or just comes and watches and has a bit of a stare down, it's like bang, you've got it. And then from SummerSlam or Survivor Series. That's when it starts to pick up, or they face off in you know in the rumble match. There's yeah, well, so many know. ways to do it.
1: They've already half foreshadowed it with that um, Cassius Ohno um, being sparked by him because Cassius yeah. is huge, and he hit him with that kick or whatever and pinned him. So that's instantly saying, you know what, this guy can beat people out the blue, unexpected bang. So. Yeah. You get a couple more clips of stuff like that happening. Bang, one, two, three. Bang, one, two, three. And all of a sudden, you've got a guy that can beat anybody. You know, because if oh, yeah. if you can if you can hit your finisher out of nowhere and on anybody, right? They can put you against anyone and in any spot on the card because you've got a legitimate chance of winning within in the world of pro wrestling. You've got a chance, you know.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's if whenever they bring him up. It's, how, it's it, how he's portrayed, isn't it? If he comes up and his first night on Raw or SmackDown, he, he knocks or beats whoever, like a big name, like an upper card name, in 10 seconds, instantly, he's a bot. He's, people who don't watch NXT are going to be like, oh, well, there's some, he's something special, because he's just knocked out the guy who's been at the top of the card for the last year, or whatever it may be. And it's how, like I always say, the best example of how to bring someone up as a, as a big name is how they brought Kevin Owens up. Because they brought him up and instantly he went after John Cena. He still had the NXT belt. He wanted the US title. But because they brought him in at such a level and he beat John Cena in his first match, it's like, that's your level then. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you just bring someone in and they're plodding along in the mid cards and not really doing much, they, you can get lost in the shuffle very quickly, so I think it's all about those first that first month or two on the main roster is what. And, and this can be my, what frustrates me with WWE is like how people or guys, girl, guys and girls get over is depends on on how they're portrayed. They can portray people however they want. Do you know what I mean? So that they can win or they can lose or they can say whatever they want, and I think <clears throat> how they do that plays a big part in, obviously it's down to the performer to perform and get it connect with the audience and the viewer, but I mean, you know, how you, how you are portrayed on a week, weekly basis is how the audience will view you. So with, the, with WrestleMania, obviously it was, it was a long show, but I mean, do you feel do you think it was too long? Like, really, like, seven hours is a bit of a commitment, isn't
1: it? To be honest, right, I I think it depends on your demographic, basically. So, for guys that grew up watching wrestling in the 90s, the early 2000s, right, where most pay-per-views finished under three hours. WrestleMania was a big show at three and a half, right? That's what we've sort of been conditioned to accept from a wrestling show. And to the point where Raw is a two-hour show in my head. In reality, it's, what, three hours? That's and Views are, are long, and WrestleMania is really long. Um, so, yeah, I I struggle with how it is, but my kids can swallow it all up, right? So they've been conditioned to a wrestling shows this long, and... They can consume that and enjoy it. And yeah, so that's that's fine for them and they're loving it, which I guess is why I tend to watch NXT more because not necessarily the product is better. It's just packaged in a way which I can consume it.
0: You know, like it's just an hour, isn't it? So it's just hour. And even the, like say, the takeovers are just a couple of hours. I mean, like WrestleMania was basically like a working day long. And that's a long, long old time. Um, So there was talk afterwards that they may, or they're thinking of putting it over, like splitting it into Saturday and Sunday and doing two sort of four hour shows. Do you think that would work better? Or do you think it's better to have it as just one long show once a year?
1: Um, Maybe, or maybe they could, do it in two venues on the same night. I'm not sure, but I guess the problem is, after seven hours, the crowd are struggling to shout, right? Yeah. Shouting for seven hours is physically exhausting and emotionally exhausting, and for me, the crowd reaction is what makes something special. So uh, Rock Hogan, right? Rock Hogan. You watched that match that sound the sound on. Fantastic. One of the best matches of all time you watch that match on mute, you know, it's not a bad match, but it's just a match. You know, the crowd yeah. take it from two and a half, three stars to like a five-star match. Yeah, um, Because it means something. And, you know, that, that atmosphere is what makes it special. And I think with a seven-hour show, that's lacking a little bit. And I think also with the arenas, without the roof. I hate them. I think the sound disappears, so yeah. even if the crowd are really, really hyped, it doesn't come across through the television. Um, and not to mention guys that have dark entrances that disappears yeah. as well. Undertaker a couple of years ago, or Bray Wyatt with the um, with all the scarecrows. Scarecrow. Yeah. It would have been awesome dark. And, it and just, yeah, front, it's sort of it nasty. wasn't awful. It wasn't awful, no. but it would have been better in the dark.
0: Yeah. I think like with this for this year, say, if you'd had like the Saturday four hour show with the Kofi versus Daniel Bryan main event in the Saturday and then had the women's match main event in the Sunday, I think the crowd participation in the women's match would have been where it had been during the all the segments leading up to it on TV. Because that was the hottest angle, which is why it ended up being the main event. But like you say, after seven hours the crowd, they wanted to be into it. They just haven't physically got the, you know, the voice and the energy and everything to participate and get involved the way they would have. And I think with those two particular matches, like the Daniel Bryan and the Kofi one was very emotional and the crowd were into it. And when he won, it was like huge pop. So I think by sort of splitting it, you almost would have been able to get the best of both worlds for both matches. Um. I did feel a bit sorry for the women because the crowd was so much quieter. And I just think, like you say, they just ran out of energy. Um, but yeah, and like, I think the women's, the finish of the women's match, I think, didn't flop. I wouldn't say it flopped, but it was a little bit underwhelming after everything they had been through in the build up. It was like over really quick, and it was almost like, oh, blink and you miss it, and then it was like, oh, was that supposed to happen? It was a bit awkward, but then equally, if Ronda decides to come back, you've got a ready-made one-on-one match with Becky Lynch waiting, so I suppose there is that side of it. Um, What was your favourite match at WrestleMania, do you think?
1: Uh, I like Batista and Triple H. Um, It was really good. I'm uh yeah. I, I cared about both characters. I cared about the build up, and the match didn't disappoint. You know, it was uh, it was good. It was solid. It was solid, and I was into it. Uh, Kofi and Daniel Bryan. I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, same way as Shane McMahon's match. You know, it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. But for, but for me, the Batista Triple H match was the one that. When, at the end of the pay-per-view, when I thought back about it, it was just like, yeah, Big, Big Dave and Triple H, they still got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it.
0: I think, I, I, I like that they put Brock on first with Seth Rollins. I thought that was a really good start. Because if you're not going to have Brock main event, then it fits his character to say, like, no, I want to I be in and out and get my stuff done, get my money and go type thing. Yeah, um, and I thought that was a good way to start it because then you got him losing, set the crowd off in the right sort of the right frame of mind or the right tempo. Whereas if they put Brock over Seth, the crowd might have not turned but been a bit negative. And then it's a battle for everyone. Then trying to get, I thought they, it's very unusual actually for WWE. Is what they did is they actually gave a lot of happy endings. To all the stories, which they don't always do, but growing up, that's what WrestleMania
1: was. Yeah, it was. It, like, was uh, end, it was the end of the storyline cycle, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, it was the goodies goodies of, getting them. or whatever.
0: Yeah, and like like you say with when uh, going back to what you said about Hogan and uh, The Rock, the atmosphere before they even touched each other was just. Unbelievable! It was so loud, and so everyone was just glued to it. It was like these two sort of icons. And I was thinking about it the other day, in that how many times as have you seen a crowd that hot before people have even thrown a punch? And the only time I could remember it, other than that, was a few years ago when it was the Shield versus the Wyatt's, and they hadn't touched each other. They were just stood on Raw. On opposite sides of the ring, and you had Triple H telling The Shield to sort of stand down, and they took a step closer and closer, and the crowd was going nuts. And they never, you know, they didn't throw a punch, they didn't say anything to each other. It was just either side of the ring, these two brand new stables, really at the time. They'd only been around a couple of months, um, and they they only had one match in the end, which is bananas. So uh, yeah, so um, so. So Gene Ambrose is leaving uh, WWE. He let his contract run down. There's a lot of rumours of lots of different acts being frustrated with their creative direction. Sasha Banks has uh, disappeared. She's sort of gone home, and I don't know if she. don't know if she's going to come back. The revival uh, refusing to sign a deal. Uh, it's an interesting time because obviously in the Sort of peripheral. Peripheral. You've got this AEW and the elite people. They've supposedly got this deal with them. Um, uh, oh, what is it? Not Fox. Uh, it's the channel which you WCW used to be on. I forget the name of it now. Um, okay. So basically, they're coming up. They're looking to start TV in October. They've got big money behind them. The guy who owns Fulham. His son is like the. Sort of owner. They've got more money than the McMahons if they want to put it into it. Do you think I mean I don't necessarily think that they change the game in terms of like another Monday Night Wars type of scenario where you've got two companies almost on an equal footing. I don't think that's the case but what it does do is it's giving all these people who are a bit disenfranchised or a bit frustrated suddenly they're going to have an option to stay on mainstream TV and get mm. a good check. Which means, obviously, more places that these people have got to work, the better, as far as I'm concerned. But also, I'd like to think that WWE will up their game because they know there's someone just off to the side starting up who can pay these people handsomely to, to work.
1: I don't know, because so, you know, TNA was there for a long time, you know, and they had television and they had some money behind them. Um, I think what's what's really changed it is just how accessible the internet is now. So the pro wrestling business model has changed, you know. So like you've got guys like the Young Bucks, all those elite guys that are making very good money from merchandise, from YouTube channels, from not traditional broadcasting yeah. um, so I think being an independent wrestler for the first time in a long time is a legitimate um, option you know. whereas before guys in WWE they were doing the business and the guys on the independents were just guys on the independents um, now that's an option so if you've made your name if you're a Sasha Banks or you're a Dean Ambrose and you want to go and try something else, you can, you know, it's an option.
0: Yeah. And I think Dean Ambrose is an interesting one because I've read a few things saying he was offered a lot of money to to resign. Obviously he's been the top guy for like the last couple of years. So he wasn't on bad money anyway. (laughs) Um, And he released a promo yesterday, just like a little 30 second video. Um, just say, basically, saying he's going back to his old name of John Moxley. But
1: you know I mean, breaking out the prison, eh?
0: Yeah, and the big dog chasing him, which I thought was interesting. So, like, I think um, one of the things a um, conspiracy theory people will have noticed is there was, um, as as he's walking past in one of the shots, there's dice, and apparently, the obviously the first AEW pay per view. It's called Double or Nothing, and the icon is dice. But on the dice, there was like the two a five and a two, I think it is, or something. And uh, it basically matches the date of the AEW pay per view. I think you know. I th- I would imagine he's going to go there simply because he, whilst he doesn't seem like a guy who's completely influenced just on money, I think it was more of a creative thing. He's also got used to a certain lifestyle within WWE, Mm -hmm. so I can't see him going back to like the very indie independence, if you get me. I think AEW is probably a good mix of decent money, TV, but also he'll have his creative freedom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So speaking of creative, I um, am interested in your take on Bray Wyatt's new gimmick. It's just people are talking about it, and people are interested. The first time I the first time I saw the first video, I was like, "Oh, what are they doing? What have they done to him?" Because he he is one of my favorite guys to watch. And then I watched it another couple of times, and I was like, "Oh, actually, there's a bit of subtle, subtleness to this, which I didn't notice first time around. There is like this sort of a uh, sinister undercurrent to it."
1: Oh, absolutely, um, I like it right because to me, it's still the same Bray Wyatt. It's not like he's been completely repackaged and come back as a different name or a different guy. It's like the Bray Wyatt who we've seen for the last few years has decided that he wants to change, and he that same Bray Wyatt who is dark, who is twisted, has somehow come up with this idea. That I'm gonna be a children's television presenter. And um the thing is, those guys are pretty you know, they they're scary anyway because they act childlike. Like, you know, yeah. hey guys, it's me, Mr. Tumble, and I'm gonna take off your face. You know, it's, sure. it's scary. It's, it's scary. Yeah, they're feasty, are they? Yeah, it's so disingenuous and that. That faux smile, then. Yeah. You no, know, it because it's disingenuous. It makes you feel uneasy, and I think that's what he's doing. Um, so, as far as the vignettes goes, I really enjoyed them both. Um, I like that Sister Abigail's there as the uh, the ventriloquist puppy with Bray Wyatt's voice. I like that. Yeah. I, I like the shitty um, puppets that's and good. things speaking with. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. And I think Bray Wyatt's fantastic, and he pulls it off brilliantly. With those little shoulder shrugs and little looks and the little yeah. sound in the background, the candor floors. I love all that, and especially at the end when he's like, uh, you know, hey, my little fireflies, all you have to do is follow me. And he goes back to that cult leader, Bray Wyatt, you know? Just and- split second, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, and that resonates that little bit at the end. It's like, oh, oh. So now he's a cult leader and he's taking the children. You know, it's it's yeah. dark. It really yeah. is dark. Um how it's gonna translate into an in-ring character, I'm not sure. Is it gonna be like a, a Simon Dean kind of over the top smiley villain? Um, is it gonna be a straight wrestler?
0: Yeah, I think. What would be interesting, or is I like when he um, when he gets the chainsaw and he saws through the old character, and you just see like a little glint in his eye, and he's got the gloves which say um, I think heal and hurt. So it's like you've still got that sort of really creepy undertone to it. And I read somewhere, or I read a couple of places that um, so you've got the sister Abigail puppet. And you've got the buzzard puppet, and there's also a rabbit puppet. So I read somewhere that they're going to bring in like a new stable for him, and it's going to be Sister Abigail is going to be Nikki Cross, the buzzard is going to be Eric Young, and the rabbit will be, uh, oh, what's the guy from Santa He's Big Demo, uh, Killian Dane. So it would be like a new new stable for him, but I don't know if it'll work that way but then I quite like the idea of those guys getting back on TV I really enjoy Nikki Cross and I think she'd be quite a good twist to his stable to not be like just a repackaged Wyatt family there's enough difference there to to, if you add a billion dollar backer like the Young Bucks and uh, the Elite guys You had to start a new wrestling company, and you get three men, three women, two tag teams from anywhere in the world.
1: Why? Oh Jesus! (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. um, Okay. So it, it would just be the top of the WWE. Those are the guys worth the most money. I'd I'd be going for. If I got a billion dollars right I'd be talking stone cold into a one more match I'd be talking The Rock into coming into me for some money Um, and then I'd be there in the triple threat because why not (laughs) Uh, as as far as women again it would be like Charlotte it would be uh, like Bailey and maybe Oscar because she's class Um, yeah you know and then tag teams anyone who's i don't know i don't know who for tag teams Um,
0: I've all, could have sanity yeah the wire family um who else? young bucks um that's the one thing wwe hasn't done very well i think and they've done a huge disservice is tag teams the Usos, people, you know, they've they got so many good tag teams. They, yeah. they, If they would just promote them as, like, like tag team wrestling could be so interesting and so exciting when it's done right. They never seem to quite commit to it. They sort of do it for a month or two, and then you don't see some of the tag teams for ages. I wish they yeah. would just really have a tag show.
1: Like, yeah. they, they make a tag team just to split them up and have a feud. Um, yeah. And I guess it's tough, right? Because tag team wrestlers are promoted as sort of half a singles wrestler because they need their buddy, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a space for tag team wrestlers and tag team wrestling. I just don't think it's been done for so long that off the top of my head, I can't think of a big money tag yeah. team. So I'd just pick guys that I liked, you know, we would get. Uh Wal Boer and Flash Morgan in as the uh the one nine eight, bring them in. Um just stick people together that I like. <laughs> to yeah. Put them on a show them
0: but um do you like the um, you watch? do you watch the NXT UK stuff like weekly yeah. or sort of dip in and out?
1: Yeah, so um I I try to watch it weekly. It doesn't always happen, and sometimes, like I think, I'm about three behind now. Um, but I'll sit down and watch them on one of my days off, and just kind of consume all of that. Um, but no, I I think the guys are doing a really good job. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it, I think it's cool. I think it's really really cool. Yeah. Um, I I just I just hope it keeps going. I hope I hope. It You know, WWE needs content for the network, and the guys need a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think bringing Walter in has made a big difference to it. I think that's given like because he won't, uh, he won't sign. He doesn't want to move basically to America because they wanted him for NXT and probably the main roster. So he's signed exclusively to work for sort of NXT UK, and then go and do the big matches for the NXT takeovers. Which I think is really good for the NXT UK brand because he's a big name in Europe and he's mm. very entertaining to watch. And I don't want to spoil the three behind that you are, but like there's some really interesting stuff which happens. And uh, I don't know if you've got it, I can't remember when something happened, so I don't want to spoil it for you.
1: Don't but, worry uh,
0: about. Someone else. So uh, have you got to the one where uh, Cassius Ono has come over?
1: Yeah so I've I've seen Cassio Sono beat um El Degaro seen that that's about as, I've seen that um so I think
0: like that's a good that's a good name to have over in the the UK brand as well because he's he's a popular indie wrestler but he's like a big enough name that it will bring a few extra eyes to the UK show and um so they basically they're giving uh, Walter is yeah. unstable uh, with I think it's a stable from the European Indies um, okay. of guys that have written WWE now, which is really good. It's really interesting. Um, so I'm assuming that they're going to probably do like the British strong style versus that stable maybe I don't know, but like they've got a lot of talented guys over there now. And I think it's a case of just giving them good storylines and good feuds to get people who are not familiar with them into their work. And I think they've done a pretty good job with the UK one of, of bringing in guys who perhaps a lot of people don't know. And they've just slowly but surely building a map. even the ones who are not in the big feuds. Like they, I thought they did a quite a good job with Eddie Dennis. They just kept him winning squash matches. So he was always on TV, even though he wasn't perhaps, you know, he wasn't in the main stories, but he was kept being in it and he was slowly getting better. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to try and build, make people care.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That's
0: the aim.
1: And I suppose at the time, they've got to produce a good product so people click on it on the network, you know, because they justify that £10 a month. You know, and if people aren't watching it enough, if there's no enough content that people are enjoying, they'll just cancel and pick it up at WrestleMania, yeah. which is you know their business model. So, yeah, man, they are in a position where they gotta keep creating good TV shows. That's 205's got to be good and competitive. NXT UK, NXT, um, you know, it, it's all gotta be good on the network to make it worth it. And yeah, I think, I think so far they're doing good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I got to be honest. I get the network purely for NXT at the moment because I don't really have the time to watch like the old pay per views as much as I probably would if I was able to. But like, I get it because I like NXT and I like NXT UK. And um, and I know there was there's been talk for years of them um, like ICW and um, uh, like Progress or whatever coming on and them moving on to the network as well and them like up in a tier. So you have like the ten pound tier of like what it is now, but then you can, or you can pay like, I don't know, 15 quid or whatever, and you get ICW and Progress and whoever else they've got, uh, like Evolve and stuff like that. And I mean, that to me, that would be really good. I enjoy all those. I particularly, I like ICW a lot. I, only came, I came across them through Joe Hendry, and it's, have you yeah. seen like his songs to the local boy, uh, local hero and all that type of thing? Yeah. It's entertaining stuff, isn't it? Um So, I mean, from a content point of view, if they can get, like, companies like that on the network, that's only going to grow what they're already doing because you'll have people who buy their sort of pay-per-views or shows on their separate streaming services who will think, oh, I could buy the WWE one for whatever it'll be, get all the NXT stuff, and I can get this, this, and this. So I can see them doing that. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting... Social media has changed the game and streaming. has just changed everything because no matter what company you work for in the whole world, big, small, somewhere in the middle, if you can get a buzz and people talking on social media, people across the other side of the world can get a, get a hold of it instantly.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, it's just changed the game. So hopefully we will see Cade Callis on NXT UK. That's my uh, that's my hope for the next couple of years. So make sure you stay healthy. And uh, we'll see uh, we'll see Cade take the world. No, one. Sure. Bye uh, right, guys. Go on. That's the plan. So it. guys, you can. Uh, you can follow Cade Callis on Twitter, is it at Cade Callis?
1: Right.
0: That's the one, nice and easy to find. Uh, and he's on Facebook, uh, and the Cade Callis, British Pro Wrestler. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, it's Ace Podcast Nation. We've got interviews, podcasts, and on all sorts wrestling, football, whatever you may like. I'm recording a conspiracy theory show tonight. Uh a show on ADHD tomorrow morning, football one tomorrow night, and then another wrestling one Sunday night. So there's loads of videos to come. Uh, check us out on Facebook uh, or Twitter at Acecast_Nation. underscore Nation. Uh, thanks for joining me, mate. We'll speak to you again soon. Until then, we are out, guys. Cheers. Nice one, Dylan.